Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Jeff Grammer with the Albuquerque Journal, and this is episode 79 of the Talking Grammar Podcast. I'm really excited to let you know that this episode of the podcast is being presented by TLC Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. And much thanks to their support in supporting not only this episode, but just the support in helping us bring you some of these products, some of these podcasts, some of our coverage. You can be doing the same. Uh, subscribe to your local newspaper. And at the Albuquerque Journal, that's abqjournal.com slash subscribe. Helps us bring you all the coverage we're doing of Lobo basketball, high school sports, all the news we're doing, all the entertainment coverage we're doing. Everything we're doing at the Albuquerque Journal is uh, thanks to subscribers like you. So help out. Help support local journalism, abqjournal.com slash subscribe. And again, thank you to um, TLC Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, Electrical for presenting this episode of the Talking Grammar podcast. Have a conversation today with Nevada head coach, former UNM Lobo head coach, Steve Alford, ahead of a big game coming up Tuesday night in Reno, Nevada between the UNM Lobos and the Nevada Wolfpack. Uh, get to that in just a minute. I want to kind of Reset the uh, the scene, if you will, right now for this Mountain West Conference, where it stands as I record this on Monday afternoon. Lobo's coming off a, a rough loss, a home loss, second home loss in a row to the UNLV running Rebels. Uh, as Lobo fans do, uh, many are in a in a panic. They are tied for second place in the Mountain West with eight games to go. Their computer metrics and everything still points to them most likely, not positively, but most likely being in the NCAA tournament. But there are uh, obviously some causes for concern when you lose back-to-back games in the pit, uh, in a sold-out pit on Saturday night. And uh, I, I think there's there's reason for concern. Um, it's all relative, though, right? The 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 concern right now isn't the same concern of of recent years where, man, are are, are the Lobos going to win another game? Or you know what's going to happen? This is a disaster. Now the concern is, you know, what seed are they going to get? Are they going to fall all the way to the bubble conversation? where maybe they don't get into the NCAA tournament. That's that's the conversation right now that they're in, and the concern is do they fall out, whereas for the past decade, the Lobos haven't been in the conversation, haven't been inside the NCAA tournament field um, at this point of the year for a decade. So in a much better position today uh, for a few reasons than they have been at any time in the past decade. They made their last NCAA tournament in the 2014 season, so it's been 10 years since they've been to the big dance. They're in a good position still to, to do that this year, even with Saturday's loss to UNLV. I want to start with that. UNLV is actually the worst matchup for UNM in the league. Doesn't mean the Lobos shouldn't have won. They should have, um, in my opinion. They're, if you're the better team, you, you find a way to win, especially in a sold-out home uh, arena in the pit. Um, and the Lobos didn't do that. Uh, UNLV took it to them. Uh, the reason I think they're the worst matchup in the league for, for UNM is UNM starts three guards, right? We, we know that by now. Jalen House, Donovan Dent, Jamal Mashburn Jr. That stands six foot tall, 6'2", and 6'2". UNLV, meanwhile, combats that with the 6'1 point guard, Dedon Thomas, who, little side note, career high, 25 points, fantastic freshman. He and JT Toppin are two of the best freshmen in this league that I've seen in the same year to have two elite freshmen like that. Um, off the top of my head, I, I can't really remember the last time. Now, of course, a, a decade ago, once again, 2013, Anthony Bennett was a first, first overall NBA draft pick. He was a freshman, but uh, I don't recall too many freshmen that are as impactful, as productive, 
and legitimate all-league contenders as freshmen as Deidon Thomas, the point guard for UNLV, and JT Toppin, who's just doing amazing things for the Lobos this year. Um, again, back to the UNLV game. UNLV combats the Lobos' three guards that are six foot, six two, and six two, with a six one point guard, a six six two guard, and a six eight playing the three in in Keelan Boone. Um, when you're going six one, six six, six eight against six foot, six two, six two, that smaller team, the Lobos, they have to impose their will against UNLV. They have to dictate the terms of the game. They did not do that Saturday. Richard Patino and the players have all had the, the unified talking points all year of, if we're going to be small, we're going to have to be scrappy. We're going to have to be chaotic. We're going to have to put so much pressure on them and be so fast that uh, they are uncomfortable. That didn't happen Saturday. The ball handling of UNLV is, is just good enough that they can get away with putting bigs in there and not having it punish them. And if you're going to do that, well, then the bigs are going to do this to the Lobos. They're going to make... Jamal Mashburn Jr.'s mid-range jumper, really difficult because you're going to have a, a much taller defender in your face at all times. They're going to take away the drive of, of Donovan Dent to the rim, who's a great finisher at the rim usually. But if all you have to do is have these big bodies collapse and get closer to the rim, Donovan Dent, when he gets there, is going to have his shot blocked and have his shot altered. Um, same with, with Jalen House. If you can just sag off these guys and you got the size, you're going to make things difficult on the Lobos. And... I want to start here, um, before I get to the conversation, the, the phone conversation I had with Steve Alford, I want to start here with um, first Richard Pitino's opening statement after the UNLV loss on Saturday night. Again, it's not the end of the world for the Lobos. They're still in, I guess I would say, on the inside of the NCAA tournament conversation, but putting you're running out of opportunities as the season goes on. And uh, that's why this week is such a big week for them. So let's start first with uh, Richard Pitino's opening statement after Saturday night's loss to UNLV. Well, obviously disappointing to drop two in a row uh, to not take advantage of an amazing crowd. Um, disappointing, but you got to give UNLV credit. They went and got it. You know, they're a talented, talented team. They're well coached. They play hard. Their size, their length for sure bothered us. Um, Deidon Thomas, towards the end of the game, just played terrific, made some big plays. They made free throws when they needed to. Um, you know, so credit to them. You know, they, they, they did a great job tonight. They obviously, uh, you know, earned that victory. So, um, All right, there you go. There was the opening statement Richard Pertino had um, against UNL, or after the UNLV loss. I also want to add, though, that um, one of the big factors that I've been kind of monitoring through the three years of the Richard Pertino era at UNM has been the reliance on the, the House and Mashburn show, right? Two great guards. His first two recruits were both transfers. Fantastic all-league level guards that uh, in year one, that was your th those were your that was your only hope of winning, right? They were the one-two punch and there wasn't a whole lot of offense after them. So you you live you had to live or die by the House and Mashburn show. They put up a bunch of shots. If they were both off, the Lobos had to live with it. Um, last year not so much. If they're gonna put up volume shooting like they did and uh, miss a bunch of shots. It was still hard for the Lobos to overcome, but they didn't have to do it quite as much. And uh, with Morris Udaisy, who was a fantastic offensive post, um, one of the best big men in the league by the end of his season, and uh, they didn't have to do it as much. This year, especially with the injuries in the non-conference, we haven't seen it much, and they don't really need to do it much. There's a whole lot of other offensive options that have stepped up and become a vital part of this, of this team. So we hadn't seen it until 
January 31st, home loss to Boise State. House and Mashburn missed 22 shots. Lobos can't overcome it. A combined 22 shots. Lobos couldn't overcome it. They lose to Boise State at home in the pit. Saturday night against UNLV, House and Mashburn miss a combined 23 shots. Um, Lobos couldn't overcome it. And it's it was a three-point game. And those two guys combined to miss 27 shots, or 23 shots, rather. Uh, I had asked Patino about it. Uh, at this point, can this Lobo team overcome off nights by both Jamal Mashburn Jr. and Jalen House? And, uh, you know, what's your take on whether or not they should be putting up that many shots when they're when they're not falling? Here's what Richard Patino had to say about the House and Mashburn question when, when they're both off. Is there something the Lobos should be doing differently, or can the Lobos overcome a night when both Jamal Mashburn Jr. and Jalen House are having off shooting nights? Both of your losses here, uh, Boise State and UNLV, I mean, those two, um, Jalen and, and Mash put up 30 shot attempts and missed, I think, 22 against Boise State, missed 23 tonight. Uh, I'm curious if you guys can sustain those two guys putting up that many field goal attempts if they're not falling. Hard. Yeah, it's hard when, when you do. I mean, but they're great scorers and they've made those shots before. You know, I mean, they've earned the right, certainly. Um, what I look at more than anything is the defensive side of it, 49%. Um, I have faith in those guys that they'll make shots. Uh, but it, it felt like a similar game to Boise State. felt very, very similar um, where we just couldn't make enough shots and they were making better plays than we were. All right, well, there you go. There was Richard Bertino's response to that question. Um, it is something, obviously, fans, Lobo fans in particular, that um, tend to panic a little bit after every loss um, are, are really focusing on big time right now. And, and it's fine. It, it should be. It's worth noting, last year through the first 11 Mountain West games, Jamal Mashburn Jr. averaged 17.3 field goal attempts per game. This year through his first 11 uh, Mountain West games, he is averaging 12.3. So he is taking five fewer shots per game this year. He is not putting up just shot after shot after every single game. He is taking fewer shots, but nights like Saturday, when he goes three for 15, it is certainly highlighted, um, and, and you lose. It is certainly highlighted in the front of mind, and, and it should be. That's what that's what uh, you're supposed to do. If, if guys have uh, back-to-back you know, home games anyway, Boise State, he did the same thing, and so did Jalen House. If you have back-to-back rough shooting nights and you lose those games, Fans do tend to start focusing in on that, and uh, that's fair game. And um, I will say that right now, the Mountain West Conference, and you'll hear some of this in my conversation with Steve Walford, the Mountain West Conference still has six teams in the conversation. And UNLV is not even one of them. But don't tell me UNLV might not be able to make a run in the Mountain West tournament and uh, win in their home arena uh, and maybe get a, get a tournament bid there. They're the seventh team right now, kind of, if, if you're power ranking things in terms of uh, postseason resume and all that. Utah State, as I speak, as we speak, and, and I record this on a Monday, alone in first place. You got San Diego State, Colorado State, Boise State, New Mexico, all right there in the mix. Nevada back just a little bit. UNLV is going to be in the mix. I don't know that they can overcome some of their bad losses from non-conference to get an at-large bid, but they're playing really good basketball. So this is a team with seven very good teams that can can win on any given night. Um, six of them still in the NCAA tournament conversation. The Lobos, absolutely still one of them. And the best thing for the Lobos is that they still have the most opportunity in front of them for quad one victories to build their resume. That also means they don't have the best resume right now because they have not yet played 
at Nevada, at San Diego State, at Boise State, and at Utah State. They still have those four games in front of them. Uh, they pick off even just one of those road wins, and I think they're they're pretty comfortably in the uh, the NCAA tournament. I don't think they're going to have necessarily a great seed unless they get one of those road wins. Two would be great. They'd feel a whole lot better about themselves. But their computer metrics and and, and rankings and all that are are good enough that I think the the Lobos are still fairly comfortably in. Um, they want to help themselves, though. They don't want to go into Selection Sunday wondering if they're in. They want to know they're in and then just wonder about their seed. Um, that's why this week is so big for the Lobos. They have, statistically speaking, the the toughest road week that they have had at least in a decade, I think more like 20 years, um, maybe even to the old whack days when, when you had travel partners and you'd have to hit BYU on a Saturday night and the Utah Utes on a Monday night for the big Monday game in ESPN. And in a three-day span, you'd have to go hit two teams in a row in the old whack and early days of the Mountain West when when uh, the big road swing was was that Utah trip, the Utah Utes, and, and when they were in their heyday, especially in the late 90s and early uh, 2000s, and, and then BYU, obviously a tough game every year. So that's what this week is kind of like, and the Lobos aren't coming back between games. They are playing Tuesday night at Nevada, who, although they lost by 34 points a couple weeks back in the pit, since then all they've done is destroy San Jose State at home by 30 uh, they, last week, they beat Utah State, a ranked Utah State team, handed the, the Aggies their first home loss in Logan all season long. And then they beat a ranked San Diego State team in overtime Friday night in the in Lawler Events Center in Reno. Um, they're on a roll, obviously, and they, they want to get a little bit of payback for, for what happened in the pit. So it's going to be a tough one for the for the Lobos, but it's also a good opportunity. It's a quad one opportunity um, for the postseason resume. And then they stru- they fly directly from Reno. Uh, from Tuesday night's game in Reno to San Diego, where they play Friday against a San Diego State team that certainly doesn't want to lose two in a row to the Lobos this season or two in a row in Viejas Arena at home to the Lobos because, remember, they lost last year to UNM. And uh, I, I actually think that both of these road opportunities, if the Lobos get a split, they're going to be feeling really good about themselves. Um, if they happen to get both of them, they're tremendous they'll be back in the polls they'll be back ranked they're they're in great position for the ncaa tournament at that point um they actually match up better against san diego state and nevada the two teams they play this week um doesn't mean they're going to go on the road and beat them but they match up better than they do with with unlv if you ask me um and i i think it's going to be interesting because if you remember last year um the lobos are much better this year defensively and, and just better overall but if, even last year's lobo team they had a double overtime loss in Reno and a buzzer beater loss in in the pit with Keenan Blackshear hit that turnaround jumper. Um, so, so both of those games very evenly matched last year, and the Lobos are better defensively this year. That's against Nevada. If you talk about San Diego State, Lobos win in VA House Arena in San Diego State last year, and then they have a buzzer beater loss at home. Uh, to San Diego State in the pit. So last year, UNM either was slightly better or evenly matched uh, with San Diego State. So this is a good matchup for the Lobos for both of these. It's just really tough to win on the road in this league and against these two teams. So it'll be good opportunity for the for the Lobos this week. Just not a very likely scenario that they're going to be able to go pick off both of these teams. Um, especially a Nevada team that's been playing really well and trying to work their way back into the NCAA tournament conversation, which I think they have with their past three wins. Um, but Steve Alford, we talk a little bit about that. I, I had a conversation 
earlier today with Steve Alford. Um, it was supposed to be video recorded uh, right before the interview. I was I was told that um, we weren't going to be able to do the video part of it, so I still recorded the conversation. Um, you're gonna you can hear it right here with Steve Alford. And uh, in this episode 79 of the Talking Grammar podcast, and I talked to Steve about the depth of the Mountain West. He's never seen it like this. He, he also, we also talk about that game and, and sort of his players and, and moving forward from a bad loss like that. And uh, the, the future of the, the, this league, the, over the next month, you know, how many teams should get in? And uh, he, he really is obviously, every coach is going to say this, but really high on this league. But he has some experience. He doesn't recall a league the league depth being as good as as it is right now in the Mountain West Conference. So, hope you enjoy this conversation I had with Nevada head coach Steve Alford. Yeah, how you doing? I'm doing all right. Big one going on tomorrow night. Obviously, this league is is just crazy. That they're all they all seem to be pretty big. Um, I want to start with the league, if that's all right with you, and just. I think I talked to you a year ago, and and I remember you saying you don't remember the league kind of you know being this deep, and here we are a year later, and I think it's it's probably even better one through six, one through seven, really, one through eight maybe. Yeah, I thought last year we were we were deep, but this year uh, of my eleven years, I think it's the best top to bottom um, that it's been. Well, we had when I was in New Mexico and Utah, and BYU was in the league. We we're kind of it was top heavy with five sometimes six teams, uh, but then the bottom wasn't very good. And now this year, I think one through 11, you know, it, it's just really hard. You got to play well. You know, it's like, just look at UNLV. They can, yeah. you know, they win at the pit and they lose at home to Air Force, who's in last right now. It's just this league, if you don't play well, uh, you can lose pretty easily. I am curious about, and it's something I've, I've thought about, you know, before the UNLV example, but you guys kind of have a similar situation where obviously what happened in the pit isn't your guys's norm. It's a little unaccustomed or not what you and, and, and that team's obviously capable of, right? The, the final point total, but is this a, a sign sometimes of maybe the, the influx of transfers where it's harder to get consistency sometimes out of teams, or does that counteract with the fact that you have some experienced players and maybe you should be more consistent because of the COVID year and so many teams have older players. I'm curious why teams are maybe showing that in-season kind of swing from from a really bad game to a really good game in such a short period of time. It seems inconsistent. Yeah, I don't think, I'm not sure I buy the inconsistencies because if you look at uh, the top of our league, everybody's been real consistent. It's just when you have this many good teams, like you got six in the top 50 net right now. Yeah. Uh, our league, I don't think, has ever been that. So when those teams go head-to-head, um, <laughs> I don't think it's so much the inconsistency of one team or the other. It's just they're very difficult games. There you go. And yeah, I think the thing's going to be is uh, not just what the top does against each other, but then what the top does against the rest. Yeah. And it's going to be the teams that uh, – probably show the maturity and can handle game to game week to week um are the ones that are gonna kind of surface towards the top we got a lot of ball to play we got yeah. eight weeks or four weeks left and eight games left so there's a lot of ball to be played and you know you got to be playing your best basketball now how did you guys uh especially your veterans who, who who have been through this with you for a few years now um how did they respond 
to to what happened in the pit, but also it looks like to last week too. I mean, handling adversity and handling success are, are sometimes both challenging. How, how are you guys handling both of those right now? It's more success than adversity, obviously. Well, I thought the guys did a really good job of you know, getting back home um, You know, after that game to be able to uh, get San Jose, who was playing pretty good basketball uh, when they came into here. And um, we played really well then. Then we go on the road to Utah State, which is a very, very difficult place to play. And they were undefeated, and we played well there and got a win. And then we come back to San Diego State, uh, who beat us 12 in their building. Uh, and got them as well. So that, that's what good old teams uh, should be able to do to when you're, you're maybe flat or you don't play well or another team just absolutely dismantles you. You know, you, you've got to respond the next game out. And we've been able to do that. We're playing good basketball, and we're going to we're gonna have to play well tomorrow. Do you, do you think this – I mean, first of all, I think it's crazy that this year – there's going to be two, maybe you're talking about the depth of the league. There's going to be two, maybe three teams that are NCAA or at minimum NIT um, teams playing on, on a Wednesday this year in the Mountain West tournament. Um, do you do you start talking about positioning at all or seeding or tournament at all? Does that ever come up? No, I don't think I've ever, Jeff, uh, talked about the Mountain West Conference tournament until the conference is over. We've always... We've always talked about four season, non-league, league, league tournament, and postseason. And if you stay focused on one, you got a better chance of creating the other opportunity. If you start looking ahead or trying to figure out what you got to do, then there's upsets, and then you get beat when you shouldn't get beat. I mean, there's just – I think today's game is all about game to game. And it's like I couldn't – I couldn't tell you anything about UNLV other than I've watched them because they played New Mexico, and uh, I know they're really, really good. But I won't; my attention won't go to them until uh, around midnight on the 13th. Hey, when you were here last uh, for the game a few weeks ago here in Albuquerque, you you had so many of your former players and, and managers and their families come to practice. It's not something new; you've you've done that before. But, but what's what's that part of being a coach like? It's not the part we write about much. It's not the part that fans know and see a whole lot but how important is that part of coaching to you yeah i, I love it I, I think that's why we're we're still doing it at almost age 60 it's um it's something that you appreciate you know having some kind of imprint on young men uh of what they go through uh, the journey of being on a team and in a locker room and the friendships and the bonds that are established um and, and then just being a being a part of a team sport where you learn to serve each other and you learn learn the lessons of life that uh, taking care of somebody else is greater than yourself. And they, it's the thing I appreciate most when I come back to Albuquerque is um, we have so many former players, staff members, managers that are still living in the Albuquerque area and the community has embraced them, taken care of them, and now they're raising families and and being productive in that community. And uh, that really is what it's all about. Not everybody's going to reside in the communities where they played, but I would hope that what, um, what they're a part of in our, in our culture and what we build that when, wherever they go, they can be productive citizens and in those respected areas. And I'm seeing that of our former players there at UNM, their families and getting to know them is one part 
Um, you, you obviously have a, a family of your own that um, now includes some a bunch of grandkids. Not a bunch, I guess a few, right? Do, do, is it three grandkids now or two? Two, two. two. One, boys. Both boys um, have a boy. Is that right? Yeah, both Corey and Bryce um, have boys. They both marry girls, and uh, be, uh, we're very, very blessed. Jeff, uh, they got incredible. Incredible wives, and uh, they're all doing very well, and the grandkids are doing well. So very blessed. A lot of, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't, know, I don't know how many uh, FaceTime calls uh, you and your wife have with with the grandkids, but I imagine it's a, probably a whole different look when we when you see Grandpa Steve Alford as opposed to Coach Steve Alford on the sideline. It's probably a very different demeanor, but I'll bet you're having fun with it. Oh yeah, there's nothing. People have always told me when you start getting older, there's nothing better grandparents and tiny and i would would second that it's uh it's an incredible feeling when your children uh become parents and you become grandparents so it's very special times and kai's not kai's not really old enough yet uh to uh facetime he's getting close uh but we get facetimed of what he's doing and those type of things and then aj's uh in poland so he starts to put words together and even a short sentences together so uh each stage is uh each stage so fun and, and exciting all right steve i'll wrap it up with this um you, 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 a lot of ball left to play as you just said so um and i have no say in any of this but if you're making a case for how many teams in this league need to be in the ncaa tournament why sh- why should the mountain west this year you know d- did maybe san diego state turn the corner a little bit for perception purposes did the all the numbers do those matter? Why should why should the Mountain West get five six teams in? Well, I think you you said some of it right there. San Diego State, when you have a league school that goes to the national title game, it gives your league even more prominence. So I think one that happening, and with them now coming coming back, and here they are very very good. But there's five other teams on top of them that. Um, you know, you're literally, you don't know how it's going to fall out, Jeff, but uh, yeah. you know, the winner of this league could end up losing five, six games. You just don't know uh, what that's going to be, and that tells you how tough and the parity of our league. And, and again, then nobody's really talking about UNLV. <laughs> I think right. UNLV is really good. So um, I just think it's, uh, it's a deep league that uh, we did our job as a league in non-conference, and we had – those six teams that everybody's talking about have had huge wins in the non-league, um, won championships in the non-league, and now you get a chance when you're in a league like the Mountain West, now you're playing for sure in my 11 years, this is the most like quad one, quad two opportunities that you have night in, night out um, to build on, on what your resume would look like. And I think you're seeing that happen throughout our league. Awesome, Steve. I appreciate it. Big week ahead for all. They're all big. They're all big from here on out. But appreciate you, Steve. Okay. Thanks, Jeff. All right. Well, there you go. My conversation with Steve Alford. Um, sorry, it wasn't video. Uh, it was. It was supposed to be video, and then we had to go to the phone route. But a uh, lot of covered a lot of ground there. Big game Tuesday night for the Lobos at Nevada and Steve Alford's Wolfpack team, and then Friday night against San Diego State. So, again, hope you enjoyed this conversation with Steve Alford and and all these episodes really of the Talking Grammar podcast here is on part of the uh, as part of the Albuquerque Journal podcast network. Again, this episode, I'm happy to say, presented by TLC Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. Very 
appreciative of TLC for uh, for presenting you this episode. And uh, for now, until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>